Hello, friends, and welcome to the Reclamation Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Colleen Johnson, and I'm here to guide us in raw conversations about thriving in life and work so that together we can step into personal agency and stop letting life happen to us. We'll cover topics like health, boundaries, communication, finances, and worthiness. That badass business you've been dreaming of, it's not so far off. The desire to wake up feeling fully alive, it's right around the corner. Hey everyone, I am so excited for this episode of the podcast. I have Jenna Dale on the podcast today, and you are in for such a good conversation. I I can't really put to words exactly how inspirational her thought process is. And if you don't follow her on Instagram, you absolutely should, because her creativity just flows through her Instagram and her deep thoughts and the way that she puts things into words is so incredible. And it just really allows, at least for me, things that I'm feeling inside. I feel like when I read her poetry or hear her speaking, she just has such good language for things. So I don't want to go on too much further, but I'm so excited about this and I hope you enjoy. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I am so excited for our conversation today with Jenna Dale. Hey, Jenna. It's so great to have you. Hey, nice to be here, Megan. Yeah, awesome. And for anyone here who doesn't know Jenna, she is a poet, a teacher, and a writing advocate. Um, She's from BC, Canada, and I honestly don't know that much about Canada, so I'm going to have to share a little bit about where that is. Um, But through Jenna's poetry, including her first book um, in this season, which I have on my bookshelf, um, she speaks for feelings and lessons that often go unnamed and unseen, just allowing them to become normalized for readers, um, which is something that I'm also really passionate about. And I love that we're going to be able to chat about Mm -hmm. that some. And then also you recently uh, founded the White Wave Writer Society, which is a community of people who are risking a return to themselves and their true voices through personal writing practices. I feel like just even that summary, I can just feel so much depth and I love it so much. Thank um, you. I know. Even you reading yeah. it, I was like, because I'm like, oh, that does sound good, doesn't it? It just feels good, right? <laughs> I feel like you can feel it in my like chest. Mm. It's like, oh, that feels good. Mm-hmm. So a little bit about how we met. Yeah. This is actually our first time chatting It live. is officially live. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> which is fun. We've like messaged back and forth on Instagram and stuff. Mm. But we met through Madison Headland's Awaken Her Soul program. Um, I believe you went through the program as like a season before I think I did, Um, yeah. But then Mm -hmm. through the Facebook group and then social media, we've kind of become internet friends and now real friends. (laughs) Yes, yeah. Side byproduct of going through such like a close-knit program Mm -hmm. is you do kind of um, just keep up with people. They kind of become your support, especially online. Everyone's all over the place. It's really cool to see how the internet, like there's a lot about social media that can be negative, but there's also so much about it that can be positive. So it's cool to see that. It's such a beautiful thing. Like talk about being able to reach out and not feel alone, even if you're alone, Mm -hmm. like physically alone. So yeah, it's, I think it's a beautiful tool. It definitely has some positives. Mm -hmm. So to kind of kick things off, Mm -hmm. um, I've put together bits and pieces of your story, but I would really love for you to just 
dive into things a little more in detail and kind of share what brought you to writing poetry, kind of share your, your like superhero origin story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it's funny that you kind of put like, oh, I know bits and pieces of your story because that it really is. Uh, people have gotten to know me close, have said the mm-hmm. same thing. Like, you know, I only ever hear bits and pieces of your past, like before they've known me. Mm-hmm. It's kind of my thing, and it's actually been part of something I'm working on, which, of course, poetry is helpful with, that, like, I don't just have to get past things, move on, and then never talk about them anymore. Mm, yeah. And I, I, we do get to talk about them and process them and, and share those pieces. And we often come to mm-hmm. our past story with shame, mm-hmm. um, and so we don't want to share it with new people in our life who don't know those stories and just writing my poetry book, even my close friends have said, I never knew this about you. Mm -hmm. And it's opened a lot of really good conversations for me to open up more and kind of embrace what my story has been Mm -hmm. and no longer think I'm defined by it. Yeah. So my origin story is actually, you know, my writing started with journaling and which is why I'm so passionate and, kind of that new white wave writer society is really kind of born out of that passion. Mm -hmm. My sister, who's five years older than me, so she was graduating college when I was graduating high school. And so in my grade 12 year, I was 17, and she gave me a journal and she said, hey, like, you know, she inscribed it. I still have it. Um, It's full of, you know, here's somewhere where you can process the next season of your life kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so I really utilize that journal a lot um, during that time and through college. Um, just, you know, all this, it, it feels so dramatic at the time, all these new relationships and college and friendships. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I don't know about you, but I felt like everything was a drama back then. <laughs> like everything was a really big deal. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like a lot it's like of college and high school, right? Oh, so much so. And like everything was like, I don't want to say I was angsty, but like everything was a big deal in my journal when I look back mm-hmm. at it. And like, mm-hmm. it's not a big deal, but it was at the time. Um, and then uh, when I kind of moved into dorms and, and it, you know, big transition, I started writing poetry uh, to express some of this stuff I was seeing. Some of the poetry for me was a way to express and get to a point where I could try to understand why people were making the choices they were making. Like, cause it's a very confusing time of like, why would somebody do that? Why did I do that? Mm-hmm. And um, I still do it in my poetry where, you know, I'm kind of exploring a moment and what comes out is this understanding of maybe where the other person was and what, what really mm. happened there. Um, so I journaled quite a bit and um, even started sharing with my friends. And then by the time college was ending and I was getting, you know, quote unquote, a real job um, as a teacher and um, I was getting into a brand new relationship and I had already been in a five-year relationship at the end of high school and through college and then was single for a mm. little while and then into another one it all just kind of took a seat on the back burner and it all just kind of faded away. Mm. And it was kind of this pressure, this calling 
you know, from parents and society and everything else to kind of focus on your job and focus on your relationship and that that was really the next step in life. Mm-hmm. And I still journaled, but I really like was a crisis journaler. So only if something really dramatic was happening or um, mm-hmm. hurtful was I coming to that. I wasn't, I didn't write poetry at all. I did write blogs throughout the year. Like I, there was a part of me that still always wanted writing as expression, no matter what I was going through. Mm-hmm. At 28, I ended up, um, I had a bunch of leg injuries and I was off work and I was pretty sedentary. And when it healed, I was on vacation. I ended up having a pulmonary embolism and I was, you know, 24 hours away, like a a day's drive away from anybody uh, that I knew. And I got myself to hospital Mm. and not Mm -hmm. realizing it was serious, but not realizing it was so serious until Within 10 minutes, like I was like stripped down and in a CT machine and they were, you know, giving me blood thinners. And for anybody that doesn't know mm-hmm. pulmonary embolism, it's like a blood clot that moves through your heart and gets stuck um, either in your heart or your lungs. And so I had one stuck in my lungs, so I couldn't breathe. I couldn't take five steps without being doubled over as if I'd run a mile, like mm-hmm. full out. Um, so that was really scary for me. Mm-hmm. And you know, my parents ended up down there the next day, thankfully, but this person I was with didn't show up. And it was mm. super hurtful, but I kind of pushed it away because there was a bigger issue going on, obviously, health-wise. Uh, came back and lived together, but there was still so yeah. much I had to go through Um you know, for the next six months of healing this and and dealing with this, that it was all I could focus on. And so, you know, the Mm -hmm. relationship just kind of stood there. And once I kind of came out of the fog and I was Mm -hmm. cleared and I didn't have kind of almost like that excuse to not look at what the relationship was and what had happened, I realized like I needed to leave, um, Mm -hmm. you know, that this person just wasn't a safe person. And that was, that was really huge. And it was like a really big transition. And I think a lot of people, um, just from my Mm -hmm. community, whenever I share about leaving a big long, that was seven years we were together. These, these are the women who reach out to Mm. me most are the ones who've been through the same thing of like, you know, I just kind of was in this relationship for so long and now I'm getting Mm. close to 30 and I'm transitioning out of it. And now what? And that's where I found myself. And um, it's actually kind of a funny story that brought me back to journaling and poetry, which was, you know, I still dipped into journaling from like here and there, but um, I kind of made a new friends group. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't have a ton of close friends after seven years in the relationship and people had moved on. And so just like this fun group of people and, one of them shared publicly his poetry online one night. And I remember being with the group and they were, you know, giving him a Mm -hmm. hard time and kind of ridiculing it. 
um, as people do. And they were a lot younger than I was. So, you know, the mentality of like, let's just rise our friends rather than support them, um, which like, it's good to tease, but yeah, sometimes, yeah. but um, I loved it. Like I, I remember being at a restaurant when it happened and sitting in my chair and looking at it and kind of hearing everyone around me kind of like ridicule and tease and thinking, wow, this is brave. And it tapped back into what in that moment Mm -hmm. of like, I used to do this. This used to be me. And that night I began writing again and I started journaling and it mm. just kind of snowballed from there. And I never looked back. Um, I went through a phase where I journaled every day for close to a year. Mm. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and wow. it just like had so much to get out of me. <laughs> and a lot of that really brought me back to who I was as a person, being able to see it on the page and funnel it out into actual mm. words. Cause you know, our minds are just so jumbled so hard to hold on to a single thought and then process it in your Mm -hmm. head without any kind of distraction coming Mm -hmm. in. So on the page, it was much easier to be with it. And, um, you know, that led me to self-development and self-help. And then eventually um, it led me to the Waken Your Soul program Mm -hmm. where you're really tapping into everything that's kind of been layered on you. And you're really kind of fully mm-hmm. returning to like what your essence is. Um, and, mm-hmm. and then through all that, having yeah. the words on the page, I noticed, you know, I had really lost my voice in the relationship. I'd stopped saying anything because it just didn't seem to matter. It didn't seem to have any effect. And even when I did speak up, it mm-hmm. never seemed to quite be what I wanted to say. Like I always left conversations or fights or whatever we mm-hmm. were in feeling like yeah. that wasn't even like my point. I didn't even like talk about my point and um, <laughs> returning to journaling and doing all this has actually given me back the words to use with people in my life as well. Cause now I also knew what I needed to say. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that's kind of like, that's yeah. like the whole story. Um, yeah, of everything. So it's cool to hear just kind of like those little kind of tidbits throughout. Like when you saw your friend's poetry when he posted mm. it, and you just like noticed the bravery that it took to do mm. that, and it just kind of it was like an echo in your soul. And I could just hear that in how you share it. And it's interesting how that really occurs. You know, we we're all on our different journeys, right? And to a certain extent, when we get to this place where we feel like a shell of ourselves, essentially where we've just kind of quieted our voices in different spaces. And then we hear that like Mm. echo back, like, wait, no, that's me. Where did that person go? And it just like allows a snowball effect if we lean into it, but we kind of have to choose to be, to act on that. And I just think that's really Mm. cool to hear your process through that. Yeah. I love that. Like the echo of it. I love the way you phrase that and, and how, like, if we lean into it, it, it's such a practice of intuition that you hear this, like you said, hear this little echo. I love that. I'm going to steal that. Um, and, (laughs) and, um, (laughs) I think those echoes happen daily. 
like, and they're not always life changing. They're not always like bringing us, you know, like me back Mm. to my writing practice, but, Mm -hmm. and it really didn't like, when I came back to my writing practice, it was literally just me going home, writing my journal. Um, but then it led to this and those little echoes, Mm -hmm. like when we lean in, it's, it's so small and yet the difference over time of where it might take us, Mm -hmm. um, I just love that, um, that intuition Mm -hmm. of joy and leaning in and, and listening to these little nudges. It's it's interesting because it's such a small thing to do in a lot of ways, but then at the same time, it requires a lot from you. Like, it makes a huge impact, but it's like these small decisions we have to make daily because we are being called into it daily. But at the same time, huge impact. it makes like yeah. a huge and, and impact. Really hard to hear it. The leaning in, like you said, it, it could be something so mm-hmm. simple, uh, taking a different road to work or writing in your journal that day. Mm-hmm. But in a world that's so loud and distracting, mm-hmm. to pause for that nanosecond and lean in, yeah. I think that's the hard part, um, really. And I, that's writing for yeah. me is the way I start to hear those more often because it is a practice of getting rid of the clutter and the noise around me. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. everyone has their own form expression that clears their head or clears Mm -hmm. like literally thinking of the aura around you in this world that's like full of social media and your job and the people in your life and the chores you have to do and the adulting that's on your mind and um you know it's like what practice are you doing in forms of expression that's clearing that energy around you for a while so you can actually start to hear those things and, mm-hmm. you know, you practice hearing them more and more when there yeah. is the distractions around you sometimes. It's, yeah, it's, it's a funny, funny thing. I love that. That's kind of, we've, we've essentially answered my next question, but I, I can, I'll ask it anyways and see if anything else comes out of it. Um, but I'd love to chat more about like forms of expression and how you kind of see that and how connect, how that affects how we connect and engage in our day to day. My biggest word is practice. Yeah. I've held on to that word for years now. Um, Being a perfectionist (laughs) who wants to do everything right the first time, that word is like like my religion, if I can put it that way, because it is what I literally like meditate on. (laughs) Like just, it's a practice. It's just a practice. Just calm down practice you don't have to do this perfectly Mm. and um yes you know learning that everything's trial and error and that everything's a practice um and that Mm -hmm. with practice we get better but we never get perfect Um, just opens doors and I think expression Mm -hmm. whatever form obviously I'm you know gung-ho on writing which um but it can be anything really, whatever your form of expression is. Um, Yoga, art. mm -hmm, Walking is a good one. It clears my head. You know, I have people, I have lots of male friends and like even just, you know, he often thinks he's not creative, but like when he's doing his mechanicing, he says his mind clears. And anything can be your form of expression Mm -hmm. as long as it's tapping you back into your voice and, and 
you're feeling yourself when you're doing it. Um, I think writing has this really special Mm -hmm. place though, because being in a world where we communicate through language a lot, um, to have your form of expression be the words that can also help you translate that into your relationships or your work um, and into your actual voice mm-hmm. in this life. I think that's what's so special about things like personal writing, journaling, poetry, um, is that mm-hmm. it is literally giving you the words where other forms of expression are tapping you into those things. Um, journaling or writing is actually letting you mm-hmm. use the language you might end up using in real life in your relationship or, you know, on the job or standing up for mm-hmm. yourself or setting your boundaries. Yeah. Like if, if I were to, to paint, I enjoy just kind of doing abstract painting, but that doesn't give me the language I need to then communicate what I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. It helps me get the feelings out and tap back into what I'm feeling but it doesn't necessarily then also allow me to communicate what I need and what I'm feeling to those around me. That's really cool. I hadn't noticed that before. Yeah. That's, that's something that's really come out for me the last six months to a year is like, wow. Like I'm literally giving myself the language. Like I'm, I am finding words to say Mm -hmm. because you know, our relationships, the life we're living out loud is our life, which is hard for me sometimes being someone who wants to live in their head and, and write Mm -hmm. and read and just do everything inside the confines of my mind. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think that's a really cool part. And I get really obsessed with accounts um, on social media that give people scripts of what to say. Um, I'm really obsessed with those. And I think that's where my, um, how I made that connection myself was oh like I'm okay yeah giving people language on how to do this is so calming like if you've ever found yeah. something online that you're like oh that's what how I can phrase that mm-hmm. to somebody I'm having a difficult time with and it just unlocks and yeah to be able to mm-hmm. actually be the person who's also unlocked like in yourself giving yourself the guidance and words is is um mm-hmm. It's really an act of self-trust that you can trust that you'll find the words to say to people. I feel like I'm I'm coming away from some of these different pieces feeling really inspired to to like try to write some things because I feel like you know sometimes you get those things in your head. But <laughs> well, that's it, it was hard for me to come from moving into poetry to moving into um, being a writing advocate and coaching personal writing because. I was like, oh, what do I have to say? And then I realized, like, whenever I talk about this, people are like, oh, now I really want to do this. It's like, oh, okay. So this is just natural. <laughs> like, this is, I don't have to worry too much about making the jump. It's here. I just have to start talking about it. I'd love to briefly jump back a little bit. Um, when we first started talking about your story, we kind of touched on how, like, I had heard, like, little bits and pieces of, Um, your story from social media. And I think it is an interesting conversation. This is a little bit kind of off the rails a little bit, but I think it is interesting how as a culture in a lot of ways, we feel 
the need to fully share our stories online. Um, but it is interesting because until we tap into ourselves, we don't always know our stories. We need to process them internally. And then we actually are able to figure out, oh, what do I want to share online? And what do I want to keep for those one-on-one conversations? Or maybe I feel comfortable sharing it all online, but I'm going to just you know, shift the conversation mm-hmm. a little bit more to focus on this. But we can never like differentiate that until we kind of center ourselves. I'm curious if you could kind of speak to your thoughts on that and just how you've navigated some of those different pieces. So like navigating the way we share and the things we share, you know, it's really nuanced and Mm. everyone kind of has their own uh, comfort level, I think with that or, but I think what's more important because it's online and in person. I think the most important thing that comes to my mind is why are we sharing? Is it safe to share? Mm. And are you sure of your story? Not to dip out of the social media side of things, but one of the things that showed up in my life early on was I was constantly telling people my stories. By stories, I mean, you know, what I was upset about or what was Mm -hmm. bothering me. And I wasn't sharing them to be heard. I was sharing them to get an opinion. And Mm -hmm. by doing that, I totally lost track of myself in the equation because I kept, I honestly think there's a funny thing in our mind where we, we tend to grasp onto the last opinion our mind has. And so if that's an opinion of somebody you just heard tell you that, that's the last Mm -hmm. thing you're grasping onto. Start to almost by oversharing and getting too many, too much feedback and opinion and voices about your story, you can honestly lose what your story is about for you and what the actual truth mm-hmm. is. Um, because you just have these layers of what people have told you and you've kind of lost your own voice. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I have friends who've been oversharers. Even like I, I actually tend not to be a huge oversharer anymore. Uh, I mm-hmm. need to like equalize a little bit, as I said, like share a little bit more. But I also have friends who are the other side of the spectrum who um, share all their stories with everybody. Um, mm-hmm. And yet over time, as they've been through their own growth and development and, and looking at themselves, they realize like one, I wasn't even telling a story that was true anymore. I was mm-hmm. just telling like the best version of it. And um, mm. I was doing it because I wanted people to respond a certain way. Like yeah. it, it's by oversharing, it's also a protection thing. And in terms of online, like being a poet and vulnerability kind of go hand in hand. And yeah. For me, and again, like everybody's nuanced, if people are here to hear these pieces of my vulnerability, mm-hmm. but those pieces are not me, and those pieces mm-hmm. are not my full story, and those pieces are poetry, which means they can be very embellished or not even a true event at all. Yeah. Um, and so for me, it's actually become really easy to share because. I know it's me, but I'm also disconnecting. And, you know, 
to actually hear the full story would be a very different conversation. And so you get to choose the little pieces you're comfortable sharing, but also it's an act of honor to go this, this, and this I'm not because, Mm -hmm. you know, that is something I'm saving for a safe person. I feel like poetry and music are kind of similar in, I mean, music is poetry Mm -hmm. um, or songs are poetry, but I think it is really interesting and unique that you are able to kind of express various emotion to whatever uh, level you desire with poetry. But like you said, it doesn't actually, the real story might be very different. Um, So like when we hear a song that really resonates with us, we kind of interpret it however we desire and we feel the emotion of the song and we, you know, connect with it and put our own story to it. Mm But the original story may have been so far from that, but the writer was able to kind of connect the core emotions in some way, which I think is really cool. Um, mm-hmm. Specifically about music and poetry, like you can connect emotion to it. So like, like oftentimes I feel like the root emotions there, but the words may tell a different story. I love your point that like people will make of it what they will, like people will make out of yeah. it on their terms. Which is true of any any conversation, really. We all interpret it from our own lens. It's so true. We all do. And I, I actually, it was one of the interesting things about um, beginning to share my poetry was when people in the comments or in my messages would respond and say, oh, I related to this because this or this or that. And I'm like, oh, like I never said, but in my head, I'm like, it was like, for me, it was not about that at all. Like, how did you even get that out of that? Like, not that I would say that, but in my head, I'm like, I I couldn't see that meaning in there and how interesting it was that say a poetry about a guy who didn't call me could translate into somebody processing the loss of their dad. Hmm. And how different those two things were. And it, it's such a, it's, it's just a really interesting and heartfelt thing. And, um, yeah. and, and it lets me separate. It, it really allowed me to separate myself from my poetry when I posted it. Because I, I just knew like, this is my meaning. And then everybody in my audience will have a different one. And it, it took that worry about being judged out of it. Um, yeah. I, my favorite comments, this is kind of just a funny anecdote. My favorite comments are from people who, when I share like a poem about heartbreak or, you know, I, I, I like writing about the sad stuff because, or the hard stuff more just because that's what I tend to need to process more. Um, mm-hmm. but they'll put in my comment, like, I feel for you. I'm here for you. Like you're going through this. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, that happened like a year ago. Like I'm resharing this poem. I'm fine. Like this is not resharing in the moment. Um, And a lot of my stuff, even in stories, you know, when I share um, a thought I have or a lesson I've learned or something, it's usually not from something that happened that very minute on that day. Yeah. So uh, those are always the funniest ones when I have people. Um, For sure. It's sweet. It's very empathetic, but I'm like, I'm, I'm good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I feel like I could go like on a, a whole nother topic, like how that 
how it's interesting how we feel the need to respond to people sometimes when they share things too, though. Like, it, it, like we're in such an instant world or like instant culture. So everyone seems to interpret when you post something, it's an inst like you, it just happened and then they need to respond instantly. Yeah. Like, I feel like that, that's a whole, Oh, that's so interesting. Media is so interesting. Oh my goodness. You know yes, I, mean? I do. Like, and you're right. Like the assumption and it's funny when you transition out of that, because when I'm on social media, unless it's like somebody's story, mm-hmm. you know, that's like a glimpse of something happening, I never assume it's it, from that moment. And even then, mm-hmm. if you're someone who, who does a lot, like, not saying you're marketing yourself, but you have a business and you're on social media for a purpose, yeah. a lot of people, myself included, I'll snap a picture at lunch or when I'm doing something and then I'll share it like three hours later doing something completely yeah. different. Like, oh, I was just there. Are you there? I'm like, no, that, this was like five hours ago. Or this was like yesterday. <laughs> and, yeah. and there is kind of one side of social media of people who are like, it's instant and I'm using it instantly. Mm-hmm. And so I assume everybody else is using it instantly. And then there's mm-hmm. other people who are using social media as a tool and a resource and a yeah. form of expression. Yeah. And I think it's those people who've transitioned to using social media like that, they get like almost yeah. instant. Mm-hmm. It's all planned. It's all processed. Mm-hmm. And then it's put forth to an audience. Mm-hmm. Well, I would love to, I feel like I could continue delving into oh, social media for a yeah. long time. I'd love to shift gears. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I would love to, I guess we're, we're probably going to end up talking a little bit about it more, but I would love to hear what your first book launch was like um, and just what that looked like for you because you really launched yourself very quickly. Yeah. Like you dove into writing again and just kept writing and then you launched a book. So I'd love to hear what that was like for you. Um, yeah, it happened very fast. Like, um so I was in the program, um, you know, doing like all this work on myself and this worthiness work, working with a coach. Mm-hmm. And uh, like within six months, I returned to poetry and I launched a book and it felt so fast and easy. Mm-hmm. And that's weird for me to say, because <laughs> growing up, like the programming I got was you have to work hard for stuff. Yeah. And this stuff doesn't happen overnight. And I mean, it didn't happen overnight, but it felt that way in a lot of ways Um, in terms of, you know, if I would asked myself before how long I thought it would take to write a book, I would tell you a year or two. And it was Mm -hmm. six months and it just really surprised me. Yeah, that book launch was just, it was easy. And Mm -hmm. that was a question for my perfectionism that I had been working with, with the, like with Masson and the coaching was, you know, what if it was easy, which was a total mm-hmm. mind blowing question to ask me in particular who made everything so hard on myself. Yeah. And, and it really calls back to what I was saying about making the transition to, you know, inspiring people to write and have personal practices is it, it was already there. I just needed to transition into it it out and um 
I'm also very much like an organized. I'm an Enneagram one. I've got all these like organizing tendencies and analytical. So even just organizing and formatting the book was like, I just let it be easy and it just happened. And to the point where when it came time that it was done and it was coming out and there was no more real quote unquote work to do on the book uh, in terms of the actual book, mm-hmm. I wasn't celebrating and I had a friend, yeah, right? Like, I was just like, oh, yeah, this is no big deal. Not no big deal. Like, I knew it was a big deal, but just, oh, yeah, I feel good. And I had a friend really continue to push me, thankfully, um, over the weeks of, like, this is a big deal. And you need to celebrate. And, um, you know, ended up convincing me, even though it was super uncomfortable to have like a book lunch dinner with some close friends. And it wasn't, again, like it wasn't because I was modest, but I had been fed this story that big accomplishments come after working really hard for them. So because it felt easy, the celebration didn't come naturally. Mm, wow. And it it was a a huge learning for me. And thankfully, I do have some really awesome people that have called into my life as friends who will push me and know that I like being pushed a little to lean in and celebrate. Mm -hmm. And once I started to lean in a little more, it it felt really good. Uh, The one coming up, not as easy. (laughs) (laughs) But that one, easy. Easier than... I made it up in my mind that it was going to be before that whole process. Mm -hmm. I feel like every time you're saying something, there's like so much that could be unpacked (laughs) in each piece. Just like, oh my gosh, okay. (laughs) I just love that whole concept of what if it was easy though? Like that's something that I have also like really had to lean into because so many of us do, we feel we've grown up with this idea that we have to work hard or that really in every aspect of our life, we make things more difficult in a lot of ways than it needs to be. And once we allow the mental blocks to kind of fall away, the, you know, ego or persona or whatever, you know, this exterior, once we allow that to kind of fall away, things can be a lot more easeful than we give it credit for. Um, But the celebration piece also, I just found that so interesting. Yeah. I don't even know what I want to say about it, but I just feel like that's, I just needed to like speak yeah. that out, just hold space for that celebration. Cause that's like super interesting and very cool that you did have those people around you to kind of celebrate and push you to celebrate, even though it didn't feel comfortable for you at the time. So that's, really yeah, cool. it's, I feel like celebration yeah. gets a little forgotten uh, when it's self-celebration. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I know it, it is something I continue to grapple with in terms of, okay, like, what can I celebrate for myself? And does it have to come at the end of this huge struggle? So kind of moving into your mm-hmm. new book. So the new book is primarily about um, returning to self, which kind of our whole conversation in some form or another, we've talked a lot about returning mm-hmm. to self, returning to trusting your intuition. Um, but I'd love for you to speak like what was this, uh, what caused you to really lean into that for this book and just, um, yeah, just kind of talk about the new book. When you phrase it like that, like what caused you to lean in to make this the theme of the book was um, I do an intuitive writing process. So I just, mm. when I sparked with yeah. a, a thought to write, 
And then when I have like a hundred or 150 of these pieces, I go through them and I look and I see what they're about. And I mean, I tend to have a few topics in there, but the one that stood out was this idea of like self-abandonment and, and losing myself. Like I think we, most people who get to their thirties have felt the phrase, I lost myself in a relationship. And it was really that. And then more poems about coming back to myself. As young people, we learn to start living outside of ourselves constantly, like mm-hmm. for other people, um, worrying about what we look like to other people. It's always about the other people. And it's really frightening to kind of bring all those pieces back inside our skin and have us hold it and be with ourselves um, and prioritize our opinions, experiences, actions, mm-hmm. like over like all the people around us. Um, mm-hmm. I always visualize like, like a shadow or a ghost of ourselves when we're, when we're losing ourselves, that shadow is separate and it's literally like expanding away. Like if you were in the horizon or sunset, it's expanding so far away yeah. from you that you only have this tiny piece and it's like literally under your feet. Like, mm-hmm. and then when we're returning to ourselves, that is all comes back right inside of our body. You know, like midday sun, there's no shadow. It's all in us. And yeah. so when I started looking through the poetry I'd been writing for a few months, um, I really looked and that was there. Um, and I just really wanted to honor that because it's just I think it continues to be one of the biggest themes under all of the things I write is this mm-hmm. other people versus myself and this um, abandonment versus returning and how much power that can bring us. And again, like the practice of doing that. Mm-hmm. So the new book is called White Wave of the Valley, yeah, yeah. Uh, which seems like a random title, but it actually is literally translated to my name, Jenna Dale, oh, which is actually my first and middle name. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so White Wave is Jenna and then Dale is of the Valley. And so I kind of got down the internet hole one day and found this and thought it was kind of cool together. White Wave of the Valley, like doesn't quite make sense, but sounds really cool. Yeah. And I, um, I wrote it down and knew like, oh, I'll come back to it, right? something right mm-hmm. and um you know it's just kind of going through a lot and dealing with a lot of big issues during that time in myself mm-hmm. and um I found myself like a month after writing it down I was literally this is like one of those things out of a movie but like I was in the bath and I have my phone and I'm just like, I start typing out, like I ended up with the first phrase, like she rolled into the Valley one day and stayed. And mm-hmm. I wrote that down and like my whole body's just like in goosebumps in a hot bath. And I just started writing and I, it's, it's about four or five pages of a poem. Wow. It's pretty long for me. And, um, it just all came out and I was literally just sobbing hmm. by the end. Like I was sobbing through these things and I didn't have to rethink how to phrase things, which I do when I'm writing 
Like it just all came out and I just knew that this was something really special. Mm-hmm. And that's when I knew like, this is the next, like, this is the basis of my next book. Like it already seen that my poetry is about returning to self. And mm-hmm. this poem is huge about um, abandon and return and that fear of risk mm-hmm. and that fear of um, what it could bring in your life again and um so it's it's really close to my heart this book um I really wanted it to focus on me like it does have some poetry about um relationships and men but not as much as my first book and all the themes that run under it is more about like ourselves and me Mm -hmm. um there's I tackle like perfectionism comparison Mm -hmm having a closed heart, a locked tongue, fear, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, wanting to stay in safety is a big theme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited. It's, it's, yeah, I don't even know what it is for me yet, but <laughs> it, it's important to me is all yeah. I know. No, oh it's my gosh. To me. It sounds no. incredible. I'm like really excited for it. Um, but just even the, the name, like that just it's so cool how it's about the return to self and you had this whole, you know, the longer poem kind of come out of that, but mm-hmm. also just that understanding where the title came from just gives the book so much, I don't know, even more depth than I'm sure it already has. Yeah. That's incredible. I just, I love hearing kind of how that process looked for you and how you really just allowed your story to kind of write the book for you in a lot of ways, not, not negating the, the work and the effort that it takes to create a book, obviously, but it really just flowed. It feels like from your intuition in a lot of ways, which is so incredible. It did. It really does. And that is something that I'm starting to, and will continue to quote unquote preach Mm. is like writing is just an act of intuition. Like it's, where's the hard work Hmm. it's not there the hard work is the resistance Hmm. uh, of you know not wanting to do it or not wanting to see it yeah um or afraid of what will come up but expressing ourselves like that's what we're naturally made for Mm -hmm. Hmm. we just get a lot of other crap in the way (laughs) Yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. goes back to like all of the noise that we were talking about earlier. There's so much noise and we That's create right. half of it ourselves. <laughs> noise. We yeah. do. We are so good at creating noise. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, man. That's awesome. So we talked a little bit about your book, your story. Um, and I know briefly at the beginning, we mentioned that you have the new White Wave Writers Society. I'd love if you could kind of speak to that. What is it, um, especially if there's any audience members out there who are writers or if they're just seeking to lean into their intuition more? Can you just kind of speak to what you've created there? So the biggest thing with this right now is that it's it's literally in its pregnancy. Mm. Um because again, after telling the story of the name of the book, the next thing on my heart that showed up was White Wave Writer Society. And it was just a name, but I knew I had to do something with it. And so 
created an Instagram page and I've dabbled with, you know, is this going to be where I do my coaching? Uh, Cause I'm doing coaching on writing and, yeah. you know, starting that personal and getting out of our own ways, personal writing practice. Um, mm-hmm. Or is this a community where it's not about me or my poetry or my coaching, which I can do, you know, through my, like the Jenna Dale side of the business. Mm-hmm. Is this something that's really based on people. And so it's still in its unfolding stages. And for someone who likes to control and know the future and plan, I'm letting this unfold in its own time. Mm. I'm going to let it be what it becomes. I'm not going to over plan it. Mm. All I know right now is it's going to be a community of people who feel the same way I do in terms of knowing that writing is in their heart and maybe they're just too afraid to come back to it or they need to be re-sparked mm-hmm. back to it because they know it's going to unlock this next space for them, this next season, this next level of their soul. And um, so right now it's an Instagram page. I'm just sharing little, little tidbits here and there about deep writing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I don't know if this will become a podcast. I don't know if it'll be some sort of membership site or a Facebook group, a magazine. One of the things I get nudged towards is these retreats, mm. um, you know, for women and men yeah. kind of return to their writing over like mm-hmm. a weekend or a few days. It's mostly right now just a community of people who feel the same way I do. And then we're going to see kind of what's born from it. That's awesome. So um, right now, I mean, mostly it's just if you are interested, people can just follow the Instagram account, which is White Wave Writers. Um, and me, because I'm always kind of talking about writing over on my poetry page and, <laughs> and stuff. But um, even just being a part of the community right now, if you want to be a part of that foundation that's happening mm-hmm. um, so that your intuition and what you're looking for is also helping like birth what the society will be and how it will support people. Mm. So it's really going to be like a collective effort is how I am feeling the energy of like, what, what are people yeah. going to need and want and what serves them? That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love um, hearing that and understanding kind of, how you're allowing that to unfold. Um, and yeah, just for everything what? I'm going to do. Just <laughs> yeah. <out>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and I think for both for writers or anyone who, who just really resonates with your story and your voice mm-hmm. um, and just the different questions that you pose, um, I definitely highly recommend both following you on Instagram and um, connecting through your White Wave Writer Society. Mm-hmm. I also just think that's cool for our listeners who are business owners. This mm-hmm. we're like pursuing starting a business of any kind. This is how businesses unfold in a lot of ways, or it is a really intuitive way to allow it to happen. You can feel into what people need and what resonates with you. Um, and sometimes it works. And then sometimes you have to lean into the next thing. Um, and I, I really love that you were um, willing to kind of share what this process is looking for, for this society um, and collective, because it shows how you are listening to your people um, and you are 
you're still honoring yourself in that process at the same time. And I feel like that's really rare for business owners to both honor themselves and um, listen to their audience. So that's a really neat way to be creating this group. So I just wanted to speak that as well. So. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, I've definitely tried a lot and I do my own coaching, just me one-on-one. Mm-hmm. So this is a new approach, but yeah, it's, I think one of the things is because I know it's something so close to my heart being born here that I, if I rush it and try to make it something, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I just, you know, I'm willing to let it have time. And I think because it's so important, you know, it helps me not rush it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would love to ask a couple of final questions. Sure. And I know I can always go of, off on a. No, I love it. Talk. I love to talk to. Oh, As a writer, good. it's probably surprising, but people always say I'm a lot more friendly than they think I will, just in terms that everyone thinks I'm a super introverted, quiet person, and that I'm not. I'm introverted, but I can talk. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that what you said earlier, though, where because you write so much, it also supports you Mm. having the words to say when you kind of go out into the world. And I feel like I can hear that in you. Um, And that's where I also feel like it's really inspirational because sometimes I feel like I don't always have the words to say. Mm -hmm. So it's really impactful to kind of see what that can play out and how you do that work yourself. And it allows you to show up in the world the way that you want to you you have words to say you have um the capacity to kind of share what's on your heart which is really neat I love thank it. you that's like i've never heard it put that way but i love that <laughs> you made that connection for me yeah. <laughs> this is why it's good to have good people around people like if <laughs> you need friends like this just expounds the, the conversation yes i love yes. it Awesome. So let's go ahead and jump into these last final questions for people. So first thing is, what is your morning routine? Okay, so it's not the same. I don't have a routine. Uh, I dabble sometimes and I'll I'll do a month or two of uh, something. And when I do, um, it usually starts with meditation, hydrating, Mm -hmm. water, meditation, quiet time. Usually it's just mm-hmm. in a coffee, sitting on the couch. It's not meditation, but it's just quiet time. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, like I am an introvert. That doesn't mean I'm quiet. It means, you know, I need time alone. So mm-hmm. um, I use that. And of course, journaling, um, I dip into a lot. I'm kind of in a season where I'm more purposeful journaling and deeper journaling is happening at night. So I've been listening mm-hmm. to that more, but I do dip in in the morning as well sometimes. Um, and I get, a, I have a lot of energy in the morning. So once mm-hmm. I meditate or I have some quiet time, if I'm going to dip into my journal, I'll do that. Then I tend to harness my energy right away. Um, mm-hmm. And if I'm answering emails or planning something or writing, um, or even just doing like house chores or things, I will do those right off the hob. And for me, that works. Like I, there's yeah. a lot of, stuff out there like oh ease into your day the first hour or two and do all your but I'm like I have this energy and I feel good when I do it Hmm. and I will use the rest of my day to write if I want to um but 
yeah. So that's, yeah. it's more intuitive. It, it mm-hmm. changes here and there, but I get up early and I usually have some quiet time. Those are the two standards for me. Mm. Are constant. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, who are some of your favorite role models when it comes to writing? And also just like alignment and connection to self, but kind of like that whole spectrum. <laughs> so writing in particular, Yana Robinson, which is spelled J-A-N-N-E, Yana. Um, mm-hmm. She's been like a huge inspiration. I followed her months before I started dipping really back into poetry. And the more I write, the more I see why, because our styles are starting like I am starting to write longer poetry than just, I kind of started out with what we call like Instagram poetry or micro poetry, just mm-hmm. like just a couple lines, something easily shareable and read online. And um, especially in the next book, like it's a lot of, like there's a lot more longer things and she does it so beautifully and she captures real moments you have as a human um, mm-hmm. rather than a, some poetry is very much based in the make-believe. And the romance, you know, romantic comedy of the world, if you, if you will. Um, <laughs> so she's just so raw and in her truth. It's mm. awesome. Um, Tara Bliss, I love for her poetry because it is the softer and it is the whimsical. And mm. if you ever watch her Instagram stories where she talks or listen to her podcast, she just has like this soft energy about her that, so beautiful I don't know how to describe it you'd have to go that's cool listen um yeah I love I'm I'm like a big fantasy novel person and sci-fi okay um Bardugo does she writes uh fantasy novels that have like this undertone of Russian aesthetic to it Mm. um the Grisha trilogy was her first and there's some great ones after but it's just kind of like this dark um, energy to her fantasy writing that I love. Um, her mm. books really touch me. And also Cheryl Strayed, who wrote Wild, which I feel like a lot of people know Wild because it's uh, the movie. Mm. But mm-hmm. when I, a friend had lent me tiny, beautiful things at one point. And again, it was just so raw and real. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't yeah. like this make-believe fairy tale story mm-hmm. um, of answers, and it like brought me to tears. And so these are kind of the people like I do like my darkness, I do like my rawness, but I do like my softness. And so I think all these yeah. people touch me because there's they really speak to different sides of me. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of alignment, I mean. Obviously, with Awaken Your Soul, Madison Heavens, mm-hmm. still work with her. Um, I actually help her with her business now so, um, as part of her team. Tracy Spencer is really great if you feel super creative as a person. Um, Kelsey Grant, who does Radical Self Love, and her partner, Jamie Ray, um, are like relationship people I follow. And they really remind me about that whole like losing yourself and being able to return and holding on to yourself. Mm. She's um, 
really soft and nuanced and he's really funny and crass and he reminds me to play so that they're kind of a fun <laughs> dynamic to listen to terrible again and really just the people you know talking about some of my friends who've been there like having a close close group of people who are also doing work on themselves mm. often are my biggest um, reminders and role models because even though they're not aligning and reconnecting themselves in the same way I am, um, watching them unfold and deal with their stuff in real time mm -hmm. from someone who feels like a real person because they're in your life and you're not watching through yeah. a screen or listening to them. Mm -hmm. um, that's a huge inspiration to me. They are amazing. That's awesome. That's really incredible. I love the kind of that last bit. It, I feel like it is just so important to have those people around you that you can kind of journey with and they're on their own journey, but it's cool because you can be aligning with your own truth, kind of, you know, you're, you're all on your own journey with your own truth, but you can be on that journey kind of together. Yes. That's yeah. cool. Also, that was a lot of really incredible names. <laughs> I'm going to have to check out some, some of those people. Cause I don't know. I feel like I knew like a few of them, but I had to my list got, at some point because I was like, uh, are you going to like share everybody or I love it. Um, okay. Pretty much like our last, you know, longer question is um, on your journey as a writer. And we've, we've kind of um, throughout the whole thing, we've talked some about various ways to lean in. Um, but what is one way that you lean in when things are specifically difficult? Um, so one way I lean in now is to create space. So when things feel really resistant, um, I think right now in, in culture, although I think if you're in the right circles, it's completely shifting. Um, it's like the hustle, hustle fix. Um, so if there was resistance or I felt stuck or I felt something was wrong or part of me was wrong, um, even as a writer, I would go to like a book or an Instagram account or get, try to get more knowledge, advice call, like ask people what their advice are. And it, again, like even a wonderful book can just be another source of noise over top of you. Um, so you have to, so one of the ways, which is counterintuitive in the way I learned, which was, you know, push through it. Um, <laughs> is now I create space. So I give myself space away from my writing. Um, I don't journal every day now. Um, mm -hmm. And I do other things and I take breaks. And even in my writing for poetry, if I'm feeling resistant, I will take a break. And that break mm -hmm. might be an hour or two days or a week. It's a little harder when you're trying to edit and go through that process. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the actual written part, I just take a break and um, I do have to trust that the moment my intuition is even saying, maybe you could write this, that when my intuition says maybe is it's a yes. It's, hmm. The maybe is just there because I'm in resistance because this can easily be like, Oh, I'll take a break. And then 
again, I've been through this seven years later. <laughs> Here I am. That's <laughs> uh, what we want, but like, <laughs> hopefully. Although yeah. if you really need seven years, I'm sure it'll be okay. Um, but it is like, okay, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to take space. And the moment my intuition is like, maybe I could sit down today, then that's the day. And trusting that um, my intuition will lead me back if I'm listening to it. Yeah. And then I just have to choose it again. Yeah, my writing tends to flow when it's ready. And, you know, I harness that when it does. I don't put it off. When it's ready, I harness yeah. it. And, like, I will be on my phone with people and be like, just give me a second. I'm writing this down. You know, um, <laughs> people who know me know that that's part of knowing me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when it's not flowing or it's not ready, I just don't write. And when, when I do need structure, like right now, if I'm like, oh, I need one more poem for this section of my book. Um, I tend to create a ritual. So, you know, I'll get my coffee, I'll sit down, I'll put my fireplace on, I might throw some music. So just kind of creating that ritual to respond yeah. um, can help when I really just do need to come to it. I love how you have learned yourself through that. So if it's a maybe, it's a yes. <laughs> um, and just learning to, there's a certain point when you need to make space because it's difficult and you need to just make space. But then there's also another point when you got to push through. And But it's a different kind of push through. It's a, it's a, a knowing versus a pushing, I feel yes. like, from what you've said. Yeah, yeah. that's a good mm. way to put it. So as we wrap up, how can the listeners find you online? So um, I am most active on Instagram at Jenny Dale, which is my poetry and easing into um, some coaching content for journaling. Um, And uh, you can dip into that uh, white wave writers on Instagram as well as the handle um, just little things here, but if you want to join and see what it becomes, that would be cool. Um, and then I do have a website, www.jennadale.com, Dale spelled D-A-Y, really. Um, and I have like my uh, writing mentorship info there, my books coming up there, um, just kind of like all your basic info you're looking for from me and a way to contact me if you have other things you want to contact me about so yeah awesome and then what are the launch dates that we need to keep um so if you're um thinking about white wave writers um it's going to be out november 21st um all my books are available on amazon so it will be there and if you're following me then you know i always announce it and stuff um, and the second thing I have launching, which is something I'm currently working on and um, working hard on, is I'm going to be opening doors to a small, very small journaling program in January um, mm-hmm. for women who are felt like they've got lost or they're processing through the loss of a relationship which also means returning to themselves. Mm. Um, I'm calling it journaling through heartbreak. And it's not like a get over your guy quick thing. (laughs) It's not about that. It is about Mm. journaling and 
it is about I pretty much am leading women through all the ways their journal can help them process whether they feel like they process through that eight weeks that we're together or they need to continue doing it on their own and um, I'm going to be opening doors to that on January 1st through 7th and I'm only taking a very small group of women I'm going to be working very intimately with them on you know all this stuff I've been talking about in terms of journaling and doing it with a focus of moving on from a past relationship Awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah. I hadn't heard of That's that. That's a yet. brand new That's thing incredible. I've only told you so far. So look at that. Because it <laughs> is your first I'm book. currently working on. So of course I'm not quite sharing it yet. But by the yeah. time this is up, it will be ready to share. Um, that I'm working on it and that awesome. it will be up. So. Cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. We Welcome. had so much so much good conversation here oh, yeah it was awesome mm-hmm. and i trust that everyone will just be able to get so much out of it so thank you so much yeah, thank you so much megan and just wanted to add like if you're just listening to this podcast you gotta go like cheer her on on her instagram as well <laughs> and tell, tell her to get on those videos <laughs> oh gosh yeah for those of you who don't know, we briefly chatted because Jenna is awesome about getting on her Instagram stories, and I am still working on becoming brave enough to do that regularly. Practicing the bravery. Oh, so so good. I love it. Awesome. I love, I love your stuff. Thanks. Shout out to you. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Reclamation Podcast. I hope it served you on your own reclamation journey and know that I'm rooting for you all the way. If you want to learn more about the show guests, head to the website, thereclamationpodcast.com. And if you found value in the show, five stars is always appreciated. Good things are coming for you. Bye for now.